everybody welcome back uh we just did this like 30 seconds ago but none of you saw it because we didn't quite go live but don't worry about that we're gonna pretend it didn't happen so um you know as i was saying this is you know my friend ben hoyt who i have known for a very long time i, I don't even I, I know it was when san i know it was when gdc was in san jose it was gdc 2001 jesus that's old okay so anyway uh i still have hair he doesn't. Yeah, no. So I win. Um, we're we're talking about. We, we just had a Discord based session a couple of hours ago, and, and Paul came on and was talking about best practices and how you promote your server and how you build a healthy community, and it was awesome. And I, I learned stuff. But now we're going to talk about Discord, but in a completely you know different manner. It's, it's so you have started with a new studio ben is a a freelance producer very good at what he does um but you started with them right as the pandemic hit and so all of a sudden everybody's virtual and you turned your server into a virtual office yeah it, well it's it, it's interesting actually because um i did start working with this company uh right in about april in early april um after the pandemic had started and uh, the truth is this company was already a remote distributed team and um so they had been operating uh in a distributed fashion since before i came on board and this was really the first project that i've tried to manage where the entire team was uh not you know was everybody was operating from their own uh home home office effectively um there is no there is no centralized office and that's that's definitely new for me and i immediately started to feel as the project manager the the uh, absence of that sort of, um, you know, what, you, what do we call a co-located um, office environment, that there are aspects of that that uh, I think are really valuable, particularly for creative teams um, and game development teams that we um, weren't able to enjoy because it was a distributed team. And so I came up with, you know, um, some, this idea of you know using discord which i had been using uh, quite a bit just as a player as a gamer to play multiplayer games with my friends um as a tool for uh, managing this project and um have been very uh pleased with the results so far so what were the the the, the first challenges that you hit because i would imagine Correct me if I'm wrong, but if they're already distributed, they had some way of communicating, you know, be it Slack, yep. Hangouts, Teams, you know, what, how was that going? Why did you need to change it? Yeah, I, to Discord? I would say that they were leveraging, so uh, the the project and the company I worked for immediately prior to this one was in a um, similar, but, uh, no, but not exactly the same situation in that um, they had multiple offices. So um, we had, you know, groups of people working together in a co-located office, but then coordinating with a team in, from LA to London. And um, so as you can imagine, 
you know, there is a degree of the similar challenges that you have with a distributed team in, a, in an environment like that where you have, you know, time zone differences and you don't have people who are face to face with each other. And um, so I had seen how that company was trying to, um, you know, tackle those challenges. And this company that I had come to was using many of the same tools, right? So those are things that probably a lot of people are familiar with uh, if they deal with any kind of an external um, vendor or partner or anything like that. It would be things like a Google Hangout, um, Slack, or some equivalent kind of text chat uh, service, um, you know, probably Google Drive and Google Docs that are uh, all, you know, very powerful tools in and of themselves. But, uh, you know, I I've still felt that there was um, something missing or that, or that at least uh, the combination of those tools was not able to offer all of the benefits that you can get when you have significant or key uh, portions of your team co-located. And so that was really what caused me to kind of seek out another solution and coincidentally, at the time that I came on board, this company that I was uh, uh, working for had been in the midst of trying to answer the question for themselves of what uh, solution they wanted to use as a, as a text chat solution. And they had explored and were considering at least three different options. Uh, one was Telegram, uh, one was uh, Slack, um, and another was a, a program whose name has slipped my mind at the moment. Um, <laughs> but uh, but there you know they were there were different advocates within the company who liked different features of each of them um, as text chat solutions. But they were looking at them in that context as sort of a um, an option that would complement things like Google Hangouts and and Google Meetings and uh, and you know Google Docs and stuff. So what were the advantages of Discord versus, and what, we can just look at the, the, the sure. top ones that everybody, you know, Slack well, and, and Google Meet, for instance. So I would, I would say that the, the single defining most significant difference between uh, Discord and anything else that I have seen, and I, I do believe there may be at least one other enterprise solution that's out there that offers a similar feature, but certainly if you're comparing it to the other sort of widely known programs that we just talked about, the, the key difference of Discord is that it has this sort of always on server element to it, right? That, that your, your Discord uh, channel is always there, and you as a user may come and go, um, but it's persistent. And so that is a key difference between it and something like Zoom, which is session-based, where you have to schedule a meeting and then you get a specific URL and then people uh, <clears throat> join that URL and they are present for the course of that meeting. But then when you end the meeting, effectively that session goes away. And that means that even if, say, we had you know, just like in the in the real office, we might have had a meeting in a conference room, and then we broke for the meeting and we ended, and then like three feet out the door of the conference room, someone was like, "Oh shit, there's something I just thought of that we should." I, I had one more question, or there's something else that we want to talk about. Like you're kind of screwed in Zoom, right? Like you've got to go, you know, reschedule another Zoom meeting in order to to continue that, or maybe you can get that one person on a direct you know, text message or something like that. But there isn't that sort of like, oh, I'm just going to 
literally just pop my head back into the room that I just left and, you know, continue the conversation. Whereas um, Discord does offer that because the room is still there. You can still see where the people were that you were just in that meeting with. They may still be in that room. They may have gone off to other rooms, but uh, it, it begins to give you these sort of um, uh, behaviors that are more reminiscent of being in a physical place, right? Because Discord is always on and people are always in one channel or another, there is a sort of quasi-physicality to it that I think is um, significant in its difference from these other solutions. I think you could ask any number of people that I used to work with in an actual office and they will say my general mental capacity is like a Zoom meeting because once I walk out of that door in the meeting, that session is closed. There is no getting it back. You're doing good if I can remember some of it. So, uh, that's well, maybe that. maybe maybe Zoom's the perfect solution for you then, Jay. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I, we used to, we were the same way here, and and obviously, I've been running the Powell Group for ten years, completely distributed, and the production studio I ran the three years before that was completely distributed, you know, with overseas studios that we were working with. We switched from Slack after Slack came out to, to Discord internally. And I know why we did it. When you've got things that are, it's like, I get it with Zoom, but Slack and Discord feature-wise are, are pretty close. What was the, what was the tipping point? Why weren't people using Slack and then they started using Discord? Well, uh, it's a good question. The other, the other major feature, I think, is that Discord is an audio-first solution, whereas Slack is a text-first solution, right? Like, like Slack, uh, I don't even know what Slack's audio um, functionality is like, but Discord is, uh, its DNA comes from being a solution for groups of gamers that want to, you know, play games together, which means that the, the primary use case involves uh, users being on voice chat with each other. Um, whereas, you know, Slack is much more, um, you know, text first and, and arguably I would say probably a more robust solution when it comes to its text related functionality than discord is, um, uh, in answer to the question that just popped up, um, this is an entirely, we got, remember we are converting this to a podcast at some point and those people can't see what the question is. Oh, fair enough. Uh, so we got to read them. When, when Go ahead. Them up. So uh, question from YouTube, uh, is Discord, is your Discord internal only or do you use it for community and public facing as well? If both, how do you balance work task notifications versus community chatter? Uh, it's entirely internal. So um, we don't even have an external Discord uh, uh, server, but I can imagine that happening at some point in the future. Um, if we did, it would be in a completely separate uh, server you know, silo from our internal one. It, it's a popular question because that same question popped up in, in the in, in the last one. I mean, we use the IGB one for both, but at the same time, we're not such a big company that, you know, we're, we're flipping top secret memos back and forth to each other. Uh, somebody had pointed out earlier that there are basically Discord hackers who can see all your private rooms and locked rooms and what's in them. I was actually unaware of that, but um, you know, th there's that. So the reason 
So you had a much longer, well thought out reason than I would give for why we switched from Slack to Discord. Um, Discord was free and Slack cost money. That was basically it's also valid. Although on that point, I, it was funny because I was uh, I was talking with some of my colleagues at work just yesterday um, in the context of this talk that we're having now and, and mentioning this to them. And, and um, in the course of that conversation, uh, there was a uh, that someone mentioned, like, you know, there's a, there are these uh, boosts and server uh, perks that you can pay for to upgrade your Discord channel. And, and I, like, there was like a collective light bulb went on and we were all like, oh, maybe we should look into that stuff, you know, because like, it's really not that expensive. And um, I do think that it's pretty likely that we will begin paying for premium Discord features in the not too distant future, um, primarily because uh, those paid uh, benefits include improved audio and video quality, which um, is definitely something that, you know, you always uh, enjoy the, the benefit of. Um, although I will add that one of the reasons that I think uh, we like Discord is that, again, you know, with its DNA being as a um, streaming solution for gamers, uh, it is, uh, it offers better voice and audio and, and video streaming out of the box than I think I experience with Zoom and Google Hangouts and stuff like that. It's it's just, uh, you know, it's really good quality, even in the free level for both of those things. So we actually, I, I started paying whatever the Nitro thing was for Discord mm -hmm. very early on. And it wasn't to get a feature, it was because- You wanted the emojis, right? Oh, well, there's that. But I I was just like, this is good. I'll pay for it. And it was still yeah. not what we were paying for Slack. Yeah. But, you know, you mentioned the boosts, and I'm the only one who has ever boosted our server. I haven't asked people to do it either. Well, but, it is uh, your server too, though, Jay. So you should be the one boosting your server. I mean, still, <laughs> we got like 1,500 people on there now. Oh, fair enough, fair enough. It, it, it's, never, it's never something that I've ever Come on, you guys. Boost before. boost Jay's server for yeah. it. <laughs> I don't know what it does, but sure, boost it. Um, it, it is that was the main thing. It wasn't like, I was like, okay, we're going to pay for this because I unlocked blah, blah, blah. Um, and until you said that, I didn't realize that's why we had emojis that were different, but we do. Um, the, the difference was, I don't mind, even as a, a business owner, I don't mind paying for something sure. that's effective and, and that does what I need it to do. You know, I, I just think I, that goes I, I mean, I, I'm not even exaggerating at all. If in fact, I'm, I'm probably slightly understating this. My one of the two uh, principal founders of the company I, that I'm working with, who um, you know really quickly adopted Discord themselves, uh, said at one point, relatively early on, I would have paid, let's just call it thousands of dollars for what Discord was suddenly you know enabling for the company because the um, sort of unexpected benefits for a team, particularly a creative development team, are, in my opinion, pretty significant. Um, the, the, there's these sort of social, um, one, of my, one of my colleagues when we were talking about it last night called it a social prestige uh, that comes with um, 
these moments where we are, where you see that there's a room full of your colleagues who are clearly all in the same place on a voice conversation, working on something together. And it, what it really reminded me of is that experience that you have in an office where you walk past a conference room and like all your peers are in a meeting and you go, what the, wait, 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 what's going on in that room? Why am I not, why am I not in that meeting? Right? Like it was fascinating to me that discord, um, purely without any effort at all evokes that same reaction of people, right? That same sense of like, oh, I got to be on my game because there's, I see my peers at work right now. I see those people in that room having a meeting. I see those executives up there talking to each other in one of their offices. I see, you know, and, you, and you're like, I need to be present. I want to know why I'm not in that room. Like, you know, what are they talking about? Like it has those same kinds of, subconscious sort of motivational impacts on people that you simply don't get in a session-based solution. Peer pressure. That's what you're saying, right? Yeah. Well, you know, social peer prestige, pressure. that's the term so, I, I, you I call I, it whatever you want, man. It's peer pressure. All right. Hey, I'm a producer, man. If it motivates my team to want to be there and work harder, I'm all for it. In the um, words of Craig, Peer pressure is a mother. Uh, <laughs> it's FOMO, all right? It's FOMO. It's not peer pressure. Yeah, uh, whatever. Um, but it does. It creates this sense of a shared physical space and the idea that there's an actual office that you get up in the morning and you connect to and you can see people at. And when you're done at the end of the day, you log out. And, and you know, we don't make it mandatory. Like, there's some people who prefer to not be logged in all the time. And you have to say, you know, send them a telegram message or something and say, hey, can you come? come meet me, meet me in my office or something like that. But um, there is a lot, there are a number of people who, who are just always in there and they have little music bots playing. So when you pop into their room, there's music playing and they're just working away. And uh, you know, you can, you can literally do that. You can just, it, it's like, it's in, in it, what's really become interesting to me is the ways in which I have found that it is actually better than a physical office. Like that was something I wasn't expecting and that I was you know, I was assuming like, okay, maybe this will be like as good as or close to as good as being having people in a physical office. And in some respects, that is true. But there are these areas where I've been surprised to find that it's actually better than a physical office. So why? Um, well, for one thing, and I mean, I'm a very lazy person by nature, but uh, like, for one thing, I can jump. It's like I can teleport from one person's office to another, right? Like, oh, I need to talk to this executive. Boom, I click on their office and I'm talking to them. Oh, that's a question for this programmer. Boom, I click on their office and I'm in their office talking to I them. I was waiting for like, I don't have to wear pants. I wasn't waiting for teleportation. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, but I mean, it, it literally like in a physical office, there is physical distance, right? And physical distance creates friction. Um, and, you know, uh, Discord doesn't have physical distance. So you can move between these virtual offices instantaneously with no effort. That reduces friction, that increases crosstalk and communication, right? Um, but that also, you know, th there's a dark side to that. That also interrupts, I mean, it brings in interruptions and, you know, all those things that we hate about being in an office where you can, you're trying to get something done and here's somebody yeah, there's nothing stopping you from just disconnecting from the server and then you're if you're like and my my tech director does this all the time he's like i need to go have not be distracted at all i'm gonna go put my head down i won't be on discord i'm still working you can get me on telegram or text chat or whatever your solution is for that but i'm not in my office on discord you can also 
set a user limit on any given voice channel in the, on the server. So like if three people are trying to have a private meeting or they don't want to be interrupted, they can just edit that channel's user limit while they're in there to be equal to three, and then no one else will be able to come in. Um, so there are definitely ways to, to, to get the best of those worlds. All right, so Buddy asked, what kind of expectations do you have for team members to be in their offices? Do you have unique office for every single member of the team? Do they have office hours? These are great questions, and, and those are all things that have evolved a bit as we've used the tool. So um, I just, this is my personal style. I, I, I try to avoid mandating things to people uh, in the workplace in general, and I try instead to encourage people to do things. So I encourage the team to be present on the server as much of the day as possible, um, but I respect that different people have different work styles and need to be able to manage that for themselves. And so, um, you know, we encourage people to be around as much as they can, but we, we also don't mandate it. Um, we do have, we recently instituted, at least for several of the people I deal with the most, a concept of office hours during which times people are expected to be um, around, logged in, and available. And that's uh, really only about a two-hour window um, during the day. Um, and that's partly to do with the fact that we have people in different time zones, and so it's hard to really get a bigger window than that that would make sense. Um, but again, it comes back to not really wanting to mandate things. Um, and there was a third piece of that question, but it's disappeared off my screen. Um, I don't remember what the third part was, but I actually do think I had an answer for it. Uh, do you have a unique office for every member of the team? Yes, the answer to that is yes. Every member of the team gets their own office and can hang out in their office. And in, get, in fact, some of us enjoy having a little fun with naming our offices. You know, most of them are, you know, Jay's office, Ben's office, Andre's office, but, you know, uh, Kevin has Kevin's cabana. I recently decided to change mine to Ben's bungalow. You know, I mean, whatever. You can have a little fun with it, renaming your your offices. But everybody has their own space. Yeah. Oh, that yeah, that completely changes a lot. <laughs> yeah, 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 it does. It it does, but it, in fun ways, right? Like you know, like it's funny. I mean, at one time, I think I had like seven people in one person's office, and I was just like. Man, Andre, you've got a huge office, man. Like, you know, <laughs> you know, but it's also it is an interesting point. It gets back to like an interesting advantage. Uh, everyone's office is a conference room. Like, you know, everyone's home uh, workstation suddenly becomes a conference room, and you can have as many people in it as you need to. There's no physical constraint on that. Um, you know, uh, one of the things that uh, that really uh, jumped out to me as a powerful advantage, like one of these places where I feel like um, Discord has empowered us in ways that are even better than what I saw um, in any of my previous co-located office situations is like, and uh, and this is just based on my experience, other people may have had better or, or more efficient solutions, but even in the development organizations I worked at in the past where you get to a point on the project where you're trying to finish you know you're trying to get the thing out the door the whole team's working really hard maybe you're crunching um you know everybody's there and there's maybe some kind of a bug that is you know preventing you from releasing and so you've really got a bunch of the team members all really tried to focus on resolving a specific issue um in the case of let's use a bug as an example you might have um a tester who is the person who has uh 
reproduce the bug. You might have a, a programmer whose code the bug exists in, a producer like me who is obviously very invested in getting it resolved, a tech director who is you know, being called in to uh, provide ex extra expertise or, or um, guidance because it's, you know, because it's a problem and you need to bring in your big guns. That's at least four or five different people who might be um, focused on or relevant to resolving the issue. In a traditional office, um, I remember having had these moments where you sort of get that little pack of people shuffling around between different people's desks, right? You go over to the tester's desk and you like see him reproduce the bug and then you shuffle over to the programmer's desk and you see him pull up the code and people are looking at the code and trying to figure it out and like some other programmer across the room is trying to, you know, maybe look at the code on their machine and, you know, and it, it starts and it's like, it's pretty good. It's actually pretty, you know, like you got all these people all working on the same problem together. Discord lets everyone do that from the comfort of their home office. And so, you know, most of us at this point have two monitors, right? So I can pull up a screen share with that group of people in Discord on one monitor. And then I can pull up a build of my application on my other monitor. And then I can independently be reproducing or poking around on that problem on my monitor while watching my tester show us what they're seeing and being able to say, oh, I'm not seeing that or I am seeing that or whatever. And then all of a sudden instantly flip that view for the entire group of people to the programmer's monitor so that the programmers can look at the code and say like, oh no, check out this, you know, whatever. Then flip it back over to the, to the and like everyone is just sitting at their desks in each other's heads and I call this the hive mind um, like experience and it's the closest thing I was thinking about it yesterday is like the closest I've ever gotten to like a sci-fi hive mind when you've got five people each with their own specialized knowledge and expertise all focused on the same problem looking at the same thing literally in each other's heads as they're speaking to each other it, it's like really surreal it's powerful and like i i think it has been very very effective so uh says do you see this type of collaboration collaboration to be adopted more by indie games could it mean the abandonment of brick and mortar studios well uh i i could see this kind of collaboration being adopted more by any kind of uh team but um i do think that there are uh still aspects of shared co-located spaces that are still better than even what discord can offer right like you know the fact that when i'm in the office with people and i stop for lunch and we go to the lunchroom and we're talking about what's happening in our personal lives or we're playing a board game or doing whatever types of things tend to bond people together uh in those shared spaces like you don't you still don't get that on discord at least not anywhere near as effectively and i would always um want to have that and i think it benefits in in a number of subtle ways um but uh one of the things that occurred to me yesterday is like boy i'm really tempted if i ever find myself you know or the next time i find myself in a in a co-located development environment really tempted to make sure that everybody on that team has a headset in Discord so that when it comes time to try and troubleshoot a problem like that, we can jump into hive mind mode and we can do that thing from our desks at that office. I do think there are, you know, best of both world um, options that are available. So then Khalid said, is there 
now that was going to get into this as well. Are there extra tools that you're using with Discord that increase team production? And I'll throw my question in there as well. When you went from whatever the team was using before you got there and, and COVID hit the fan, what features of those other tools did you have to sacrifice and how did you replace them? And that goes right along with this. Sure. What are you using to supplement Discord? So um, we've almost completely stopped using Google Meetings, Google Hangouts, uh, Zoom Meetings. Those are gone. Um, they, they get occasionally used, particularly if you have external uh, participants. But if it's an internal only thing, there's really no need for those anymore. Um, I would argue that Discord is one feature away from um, completely eliminating the need for additional text chat programs. We do still use Telegram. Telegram gets more usage. Uh, the Discord text chat gets a lot of usage. And, and one of the nice features about it is that you can write bots. And our programmers have written bots that leverage Discord text for a number of different purposes. So we use it a lot. But there is still an issue where if you need an immediate response or if you really need to get a hold of someone quickly, we tend to use Telegram for that because Telegram has red receipts um, and Discord doesn't. So you get that little second check mark that says, okay, delivered is the first check mark, red is the second check mark. And Telegram offers that and Discord doesn't. And there are times when you just really need to know, like, am I just sitting here waiting for this person to show up? Or have they seen my message? And so if Discord added that, I think we would probably walk away from Telegram almost entirely as well. Um, and then there are definitely other tools that we still use that are critical for a development organization. Um, we make very heavy use of JIRA and Confluence um, you know, to manage the project itself. Uh, and I wouldn't imagine that would change whether we were you know, in an office or not. Those, those things are, are tools that I think are sort of serve a separate purpose. Um, but uh, email has, to my surprise, I will say, as a, as a person who spent their whole career as a very heavy email user, um, there's almost no use of email in, in, in this situation. And so far, that hasn't uh, been a problem. Although I think it's, it's partly because this project is almost entirely internal development. We don't really have third party, you know, external um, vendors or contractors or things like that. If we did, there'd be more that needed to be sort of captured in email. Are you looking for a publisher for your game? Well, we have something special just for you. It's the most comprehensive listing of PC, console, and mobile publishers in the industry. Over 700 companies sorted by platform with links to their websites. You can get the list at www.powellgroupconsulting.com slash publisher dash list. And you can get it for free. Check it out. So one of the questions, and I'm going to share my screen here. Uh, to show this. So, so one of the questions was, you know, how, how did you set up your, your yeah. 
And so that might be so freaking tiny that you can't see anything. Yeah, but you know, I, I, uh, I, w I would love to just bring it up and show everybody, but it's unfortunately, you know, it's an internal only tool and, and I don't have permission from everyone to you know, even share the, the names of the company or the, the team members and stuff like that. So I can't do that. But, um, you know, if you can see on, on this little screen grab that you, you have up here, like, um, I, I have basically created, uh, there's really sort of three high level um, groups of channels. There's a group of text chat channels, um, which include um, a, a number of sort of, uh, let's see if I can pull it up here and refresh my memory. We've got- I didn't hack Ben's account or anything. This is like literally in the article he wrote that I'm putting yeah. up. So. so we have a bunch of text text channels. Um, some of them are are basically bots uh, and then are driven by bots. And then we have, you know, memes and gaming and um, things that are sort of interest based as well as, you know, um, group based chat. So like there's a support channel, a development channel, an HR channel, marketing channel, um, and those that are all text channels. And then the other two sort of um, high level groups that we have, one is called private offices. And that's sort of what I mentioned before, where there are um, each team member gets their own individualized room. Uh, and then of course we have what I call, um, I guess it's technically two groups, although in retrospect, I'd probably make it one, which is just uh, open offices, conference rooms and departmental offices. So they're just channels that sit there um, for groups of people to go and make use of uh, on an ad hoc basis. And um, they can, a lot of those spend a lot of time empty, but they're there in case, you know, the back end team decides they need to group up for something and they don't want to do it in someone's office. But it's almost honestly at this point, a lot of those are redundant and like the individual private offices kind of get the job done. They can double as conference rooms very easily. So, um, you could probably just get away with having a bunch of private offices and, and text channels. So you mentioned bots. Yeah. What third party bots do you use? And even with stuff that, you know, cause I've had several people recommend to our discord, let's just program a bot. And I'm like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. let me just program a bot to do that because I haven't coded in 25 years. Um, what task do you automate either through third party bots or bots that you've created? Um, I'm going to get a little hand wavy here because I'm I'm even less of a programmer than you are. I probably couldn't code my way out of a paper bag if my life depended upon it. But, um, uh, you know, I haven't created so I haven't created any of those bots and I don't know whether we're using um, like I, I'm sure we are using some third party bots, but I, I wouldn't know which ones are third party versus ones that we've created. But the the use of the bots that I'm most familiar with, the, 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 well, okay, I can tell you that we're using some third party music bots. So GroovyBot and RhythmBot in Discord are bots that uh, our devs will use just to run music while they're working and be able to share it. Uh, with with other people who are in the room, and then we also have um, bots that are, you know, written by us and leveraging our our platform uh, or or monitoring our platform, and then using Discord as a way to notify um, relevant people when issues arrive. So the project has, you know, a bot that monitors financial. Uh, transaction behavior on the platform and if uh, certain transactions you know go over limits or you know set off flags the bot will post a message in the risk channel and that will immediately be 
catch the attention of our you know support and development teams so that they go and see wait what's going on with that risk notification um, and I think we have other um, similar uses like where uh, we're mirroring our Twitter feed into a channel um, that's run by a bot um, I think there's an RSS feed uh, bot that is looking for mentions of the company out on the web and and feeding that channel as well but you're getting a little outside of my my use cases that I engage with a whole lot so uh, we, we have one bot that I don't know what it does anymore I don't remember what I set it up to do or something with an RSS RSS feed in the news channel and yeah I tried to add another feed later had no idea how to do it um, yeah we have a job board channel on the, obviously you don't want this at a company where people can just surf the web, surf the Discord for new jobs. I would say job opportunities. No, no, really. It's like, hey. Yeah, we'll probably skip that one. Here's your conference room and here's where you go find another job. Yeah. Um, the, the, the con folks at Remote Game Jobs and work with indies set up web hooks. So, you know, you can go to our Discord server and, and there's a constant live feed of jobs being posted, you know, ar around the world. Uh, and so it, it is always interesting because I'm like, there's so much stuff you can do with bots. I don't have time. I don't, you know, I don't code anymore. You know, even sitting down and figuring out how to set one up sometimes is, is a bit beyond me. So I'm always kind of curious as to to what works and, and what doesn't work uh, yeah I mean I think it, I think that there's a lot you can do um, and it's uh, it's it's limited largely by your your creativity and and ability to implement but um, it's definitely something we do make use of and and uh, I think that we probably could make more use of as well you know discord also has robust um, you know user roles and permissions features and stuff which makes it uh useful and like um you know we have different user groups for executives development operations support marketing uh people ops different groups like that have their own uh roles in the in the discord system and and associated sort of permissions and subscriptions and stuff like that oh this is kind of ties back into, I mean, it works for an office, but it also works for a community in general. Uh, you mentioned in your article that even though they were using Slack and, and some other platforms, the use of it had dried up, basically. Mm -hmm. How did you get people re-engaged? You know, obviously they were already working remotely. They, they had been using this stuff. Um, well, what I mean is that the usage of those things dried up after the introduction of Discord. Oh, uh, yeah. okay. That yeah. makes more sense. Yeah. All right. So disregard that question. All right. Sure. So, you know, keep in mind, folks, we've still got about 10 minutes here. And wherever you're watching us from, if you've got a question, drop it in chat. We'll see it, you know, right here live and, and we'll get Ben to answer it. I see... Of a variance of answers to this question across the industry, but the funny thing is, it doesn't seem to matter where. There's not like one world, one country is this versus another. Where do you see our offices in twenty four months? Yeah, you know, I think it's a great question. Um, so, you know, assuming we're like jumping forward to a you know fantasy scenario that I hope we will achieve, where you know, effectively, COVID is considered to be, you know, 
for lack of a better term, under control or, you know, no longer um, a significant concern, which obviously is not guaranteed, but I'm optimistic that we will get there. Um, I think the question of sort of, uh, you know, what does uh, work for knowledge workers um, look like in that scenario, in that not too distant future is a really interesting one. I um, imagine that, you know, there's no single answer to that. And I think that different different places will respond to this experience in their own ways. But um, I think that what I, one thing I expect to see and one thing that I would probably advocate for or, or move towards myself would be a, a more hybrid um, scenario where people, I don't want to see offices go away. I think that particularly for creative workers, magic happens when you get creative people in the same place and they have the opportunity to solve problems, you know, in an emergent and very, very collaborative way that is just impossible to replicate even in with a tool like Discord. So I don't see that going away, but I think it's also clear that a lot of us can be pretty productive working from our home offices. And so I wouldn't be surprised to see a three-day work week at the office with a two-day work from home, you know. Um, and I think that that would work really great. I think a lot of people would really love that, right? And we would probably be more enthusiastic about going into the office and more productive while we're there uh, if we also knew that we were going to have the added convenience, comfort, and flexibility that comes from having, from working from home a couple of days a week. Um, and if you got creative about scheduling that so that the key people who needed to be, you know, in the office at the same time were in the office at the same time, you know, you could conceivably create a, I mean, and I don't know, this probably wouldn't work for everybody, but you could even have like a smaller office for a team of the same size with the expectation that, you know, half the team is in there half the week and the other half the team is in there the other half of the week. And so, you know, you share space, but you get more time working from home and you have a smaller office, but you can still make sure that, you know, when you need to have a creative problem solving session, it'll be on a Tuesday and everybody on the team is going to be at the office on Tuesday. So that's where we'll do that meeting. And, you know, then we'll all head back home on Wednesday to, um, do the work that came out of the meeting or something like that. So um, that's kind of what I would at least try to implement if it were up to me when this is all behind us. And this is coming from a man who has had COVID. I yeah. have. I have. It's true. I was so very, very fortunate. You know, he had hair like eight months ago and gone. Un untrue. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh. So I just got a question, you know, knowing the power of Discord, does that encourage you to consider hiring people that work remote only? It would act, act, it definitely makes me more comfortable with the idea of hiring people who are remote only. Um, I, like I said, I still, in an ideal world, uh, think there's a lot of value, at least in having your core team members be able to spend some of their work week in the same place as each other. Um, and I think that that value extends really to as many of the team members that you can that you can make that true for. But if you're in a situation where you go, man, we just really need this one particular individual and they, you know, have a suite set up in Hawaii and they're not willing to come to Los Angeles, um, you know, I'm a lot more willing to consider that kind of a arrangement or exception than I might have been six months ago. It, it It's created a whole new 
dynamic. And I read an article recently somewhere about how COVID could be, I mean, it's an online article, so they blew it out of proportion to get some click. But, you know, they were like, is this going to leave major cities deserted? And it's like, no, it's not going to leave. No. But, you know, now, you know, I think there is a large subset of the workforce that's like, I don't have to be in an office and I, it, everything seems to be fine. And so do I need this apartment in LA that I'm paying God knows how much money for, or can I move up to a mountain house in North Carolina where it's a lot cheaper? Right. And, but, you know, it, as, as is the case with most things in life, these are going to be questions of degrees, right? Like, um, you know, these are going to be changes that happen at the margins. There's going to be people, you know, like me who just really like being in a city and will, you know, you'll have to drag me kicking and streaming, screaming to leave central Los Angeles. And then there's people for whom it's a necessary evil because they don't want to have a bad commute. And if all of a sudden you're saying, well, you only need to commute two or three days a week, you know, they go, well, maybe it's worth it to move to the suburbs where I can have more space and I only have to deal with that commute three days a week. That's fine. I'll do it. And so you'll get a percentage of people who shift, but nothing's going to be, it's not binary, right? Like it's not going to be all or nothing. So, um, yeah, I think you'll see, I think you'll see a marginal shift in that direction for sure. I think it's, I mean, I talked to a publisher it was several months ago, um, but, you know, he said he had a, he's in Germany and had an hour and a half commute each way in, in and back out. And I know folks that have worked, you know, in DC, mm -hmm. good friends of mine who were at Nat Geo that had similar commutes. I mean, it was like an hour, hour and a half going to and coming back. And, you know, this publisher that I talked to, he said, we're not going back to this. He said, mm -hmm. I've discovered three hours of my day. Yeah. I have now, and it's just not going to. Yeah, no, it's game changing. And, like, you know, and it's funny, I was thinking about this last night as well, just the broader question of remote, you know, work um, and the pros and cons associated with it. Sorry, did you hear my one-year-old in the background yeah. there? Yeah. <laughs> I know um, that's real, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and, and I think what's interesting to me is that all of these things, it, these things are often sort of double-edged swords, even in the ways that we think it's so much about perspective, I guess, is my is my point. Like, take for instance the idea of not having a commute, right? Saying, okay, well, I don't have I don't have a commute. Most people will go, oh, that's a that's a pro, right? And I would say, well, yeah, in some respects, it is a pro, right? Like, it's uh, you can literally be at work in a moment, and you can you don't have to commute. You can work in your pajamas. You can you know uh, take advantage of that extra time to. Um, to be productive during your day. So those are all pros associated with not having a commute, but there are cons. Like it occurred to me, um, for one thing, obviously it's very, it's much easier to find yourself uh, working crazy hours because you know, that three hours, that three extra hours of commuting could just turn into three extra hours at your desk. And now your eight hour day is an 11 hour day. And then you get up and you, and this has been my experience many times, is you get up and you leave your office room, you walk into the other room where your family is and you, you know, enjoy dinner or something like that. But as soon as you walk back past the office, you see all these little things blinking and beeping and that are like, why aren't you here dealing with me, you know, and, and, and it can suck you back in after dinner and into your evening and stuff very easily. Um, that's true if you have a home office and you just, you know, you know, VPN in from home from a regular job too, but it's, it's particularly true. It has been for me. Um, another thing that was really interesting to me was like, 
even if you just want to think about it in terms of productivity, um, having my family in the next room is at times bad for my productivity, right? Like you just heard the baby screaming. Like that happens several times a day. Sometimes it happens enough that I'm like, oh shit, I need to go see what that's all about, right? <laughs> you know, that's, that's a productivity. A that's a... If I was at, I mean, if the baby's going out of his mind, right, or there's some thing he's done that's suddenly a problem and I'm at work 45 minutes from here, there's virtually zero chance my wife is going to call me to help her deal with that, right? If I'm here and it's in there, the chances that all of a sudden my wife is like, babe, can you come help me with this? You know, that goes way up, right? So the, the level of interruption, the level of expected availability for the family, right? And it's like, again, it's like, is it a pro or a con that I'm available to walk my dog in the middle of the afternoon, right? It's a, it's a pro. It's a great break. It's a nice way to spend some time with the family. It's a con in that it's an interruption of my workday. So, you know, these things cut in both directions. I'm going to break in here because I found a solution for the thing of like, oh, you walk by and, and there's things blinking and you sit down because yeah. I've done that a lot. Turn off your effing computer. Well, okay. It works no. amazing. But here's the problem. Yes. Here's, here's the problem. It doesn't, let me tell you why it doesn't work. It's that, so nice like, to walk in here and go like, oh, the monitors are off. The problem is. Go somewhere else. But what happens yes. to the 15 tabs of sh that I have open that I hadn't got around to doing Wait, yet? You could, just, you could just turn off your monitor to solve that. But the problem is I'm often coming back to my computer at 9, 8 p.m. after the baby's gone to bed to play games because that's where my fun is supposed to be. Except then I sit down and I pull up my, my computer, look at my games. And I'm like, oh, shit, I can't play games right now. i got to go deal with all these messages that are popping up. You, know? you shouldn't have sat down. <laughs> so here's what made the difference for me. At our old house, my office was the room off the living room. And so yeah, if game, you know, it was like my bed is right there. Here at this house, I physically have to go outside, open a door downstairs, open another door, come in. There's no access to my office from inside the house. And yeah, but hey, just think how much time you'd save if your office was in your bedroom. No, <laughs> I'd save on the commute time. I'm going to bounce over to the other one to get the next session set up. So you go do that. We got a question from Nightwolf okay. that Ben and yeah, I yeah. completely glossed, glossed over because. Uh, all right, so last question. And then Ben's on the Discord server. Hopefully he's going to stick around this time sure. and not completely bail on us like he does, you know, <laughs> other times when we do this. Uh, so if you have a question that he and I haven't rambled through yet, hop on the Discord. There's an after-session channel. All, all your problems will be solved. So I'll, be, I'll be for at least a half hour. Yeah, until the baby screams. Does the Discord office setup get harder to manage the larger you get, or does it make it easier than going to many different people, locations, times, etc.? You know, it's uh, a good question. You know, I can't directly respond to it from experience because the the team that I'm working with is about a uh, 20 to 25 person team and hasn't really grown substantially in the months that I've been doing this. But um, you know, uh, my expectation would be that in many respects, it makes growth easier and less costly, right? Like you don't need to, oh shit, we're out of office space. Now we need to move, you know, so that we can have a bigger team or like now we need to, you know, add a wing or like whatever it is that you do when you run into those kinds of problems. So I think it dramatically reduces those costs and those frictions, at least theoretically, um, you know, but it does sort of, 
you know, beg the question of how you effectively onboard people into the system. And I would say there is probably some uh, some work associated with, you know, making making that if you're talking about suddenly trying to deploy this across an organization of hundreds or thousands of people, um, you know, it's you're probably going to want to. Uh, there's going to be some more work there, but I, it's probably a lot cheaper than buying a building or something like that. So, thank you very much. Um, yeah, keep doing what you do, and <laughs> you know, because I love having these chats, whether we're doing it now or, or yeah. we're doing it whenever. Um, once again, you know, we had the link up. We'll put the link in the descriptions. All of this stuff is recorded. It's not going anywhere. Uh, to the article that Ben wrote about all this, if you want to go back and reference that, uh, or if you've got questions, you know, hit us up on the Discord as well. All right. So don't. Thanks for having me, by the way. Oh, yeah. Pleasure. Always, <laughs> always a pleasure. Um, so stick around because next we have our keynote address. Again, the beauty of a you know digital conference is I can have the keynote whenever I want it. It doesn't really matter. I'm not trying to get people in the door and, and out of the bar or anything. So Phil Adam and Jason one of my Adams, favorite people. I know it's awesome. Yeah. It was like they're going to talk about navigating the biz dev landscape over the course of their career. These are two people who are now you know executives at Intellivision, and they apparently had a big announcement today and i honestly god don't know what it is because i haven't had time to look but i mean we're talking about folks that have been at konami and and all of these huge studios over the year phil was the guy who interplay, signed, right? what's that wasn't he interplay yeah he was phil, yeah. phil's the one that signed ray and greg and did the original Baldur's gate so yeah they're gonna walk us through their career tell war stories and, and you will not meet two nicer people in the industry. My, uh, my biggest complaint about this online only conference is that I don't get to go out drinking with Phil Adam afterwards. That's kind know. of, you know, one of the great sacrifices. So. Well, maybe I'll go get a beer and I'll drink, you know, while I'm, I'm watching, you know, Phil. So <laughs> now, you're, now you're thinking, Jay. All right. I got to go get that ready. Uh, stay tuned wherever you are, like or follow or whatever you need to do so you get a notification. But I can tell you we'll be back in roughly six minutes with the with our keynote. Thanks again. Thanks, dude. Talk to you later. Yep. Bye. Thanks for listening to Indie Game Business. You can learn more about the show and our online business networking events at IndieGame.Business.